0: Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay, yeah. fantastic. So, I've got to find the accelerator this morning because I've got to finish what I wanted to say because I'm not gonna get a chance to preach for another three months. I know, I know, but that's gonna be okay. All right, so from Pentecost of last year, there's been a little bit of a thread in terms of speaking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, being led by the Spirit, being a people who hear His voice, those who have discernment to be able to know what is the Lord and what is not the Lord, what's the enemy, what's my imagination. And we've been taking time also to speak about what New Covenant, New Testament type of prophetic ministry looks like. And that we don't want to model prophetic ministry on the Old Covenant. Ho, ho, ho. But as New Testament, New Covenant believers, that there should be a different model for prophetic ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, more recently, we've been taking a little bit of a dabble in the book of Acts. And we've been looking at how the people of God have been under the guidance and the influence and moving with Holy Spirit. And we looked at a couple of examples. We looked at when Peter went to Cornelius' house and the Holy Spirit interrupted his preaching. Oh my goodness, didn't you just love that worship this morning when Holy Spirit just like, yeah. And so we just back off and we just give time and space for that. This is just explanation if you're new among us, like, did they forget the words? Like the person is supposed to take over, that they forget what to do. So, no, 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 no. Very intentionally. We can't, Holy Spirit, you have your way. And if you're doing things, we're okay to give it some space. And the Lord was doing some, some really powerful things in some individual's lives. And so, okay, we're okay. We're family. We can wait. Yeah? Thank you for that. But it's intentional. It's a choice. And it's a priority for us that we give time and space for people to meet with the Lord rather than we've got our program. You know, I, I used to be able to say, well, look, if I don't finish preaching this week, I can always come back next week. But I can't say that this week because <laughs> Chuck will be preaching next week. But it's okay. The Lord will get to say to us what he needs to say to us. But times of encountering him and being changed and transformed by him in his presence, that's the goal. Not to do the program. So we're okay to just like, okay, let's just pull back. Let's give it some space. And let's allow people to press in and receive what the Lord has for them. Now, for all of us in the room, we can either kind of like, how long is this going to take? It's like, would they hurry up, please? You know? And we could just watch and be spectators. Or we could say, me too. I'm in on this one. I don't know what you're doing, but I, I like what I see. Because they're obviously being touched by you, Lord. Yeah. Because we can tell the difference, because we've been doing this whole training thing on discernment. We can tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and another one, which is not the Spirit of God. So we're okay to be like, hey, we want in. And so we press in. We don't just be spectators. Marvelous. Okay. So... Peter was preaching in Cornelius' house, and the Holy Spirit falls on the people. They were Gentiles. This was radical. Because up until that point, Gentiles, mm -mm, no-go zone, not included. But now, those who once were not a people have become the people of God those who once were afar from the covenant of God have now been drawn close. The dividing wall, Ephesians says, the barrier between these two, in a sense, nations, the Hebrews, everyone else, Gentiles, that dividing wall has come down. And now through Christ, the one new man. All right? So, Peter looks at this, and he says, whoa, what's going on here? This is Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit has come upon them, much like what happened with us on the day of Pentecost, well, what's to stop them from being water baptized? So he does that. Then the Oaks at head office, they hear about this, and they're confused because they weren't there. And they say, Pete, (laughs) come. Explanation, please. And Peter says, Oaks, you should have been there. Yeah? It was glorious, amazing, outstanding. Never seen it before. Clearly, it had never happened before. Holy Spirit comes. He says, it's God. And the people say, well, if it's God, it's God we celebrate, even if we didn't understand it previously. But if it's God, we celebrate, okay? So we looked at that thing. We also looked at when Paul and Barney went down to Antioch and how the Lord moved powerfully there and there was great joy in the city because the Holy Spirit was moving powerfully, right? Let's try this bunch over here. So there was great joy in the city, the Bible says, because the Holy Spirit was moving powerfully. Amen. Amen. Great. I don't have to tell this bunch because they experienced the great joy this morning. See, that was what was happening. They experienced great joy, Because the Holy Spirit was moving powerfully among them. Yeah? All right. So, I've been looking for the last couple of weeks in Acts chapter 8. Would you join me now as we find that accelerator in Acts 8 and verse 9? Now, for some time, A man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city. Pause. Interrupt myself. What city? This was Samaria. So Phil had experienced, because of the outbreak of persecution, because there was a guy called Saul. Saul, not King Saul. Sometimes you've got to explain When people have same names, but they lived in different eras, okay? So there's a guy long ago, the first king of Israel was King Saul, okay? But in the New Testament, there was this guy called Saul, and he was a very strict Jew, and he didn't like those who he thought had defected to Christianity, So as a zealous and very ambitious Jew, he went about persecuting the Christians because he said, we've got to stamp this out, right? Until one day, he was blinded by the light, literally, that's where the expression comes from. A great light appeared, it was Jesus himself, and he went blind. And he had an encounter with the living God. Suddenly, by revelation and by Jesus speaking to him, he realized, oops. I've been going against what God is doing, thinking I was helping God by killing the Christians and persecuting them and getting them locked up and thrown in jail and all this kind of stuff. This guy then undergoes a radical change transformation. And to signify something of a change of life, he actually gets a change of name. And his name changes from Saul to Paul. This is Paul. Okay. So that's the Paul and Barney, Barnabas. Okay. They're the ones who went to Antioch. Okay. But in chapter eight, this is when Saul, he hasn't undergone that change yet. He's persecuting the Christians. And because of the shaking and the difficulty, the church is forced into what God intended for them. Why is this? Where's the city in chapter 8? Samaria. Okay. Now, that immediately should be ringing a bell from Acts chapter 1 because Jesus said, listen boys and girls, I want you to stick around in Jerusalem and wait until you're clothed with power from on high and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, some area and to the ends of the earth. It was Jesus' intention that they should wait in Jerusalem until they receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, clothed with power from on high. But it was so lacquer in Jerusalem, oh my goodness, they had fellowship with one another there were, the apostles were, were, were just flowing in the power of God. There were signs and wonders, there were miracles, there was breaking of bread, there was you know devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, signs and wonders. if anybody had need, somebody else would sell extra land. Bring the money, put it at the feet of the apostles. They would take care of each other with no needy among them. I mean, this was a little patch of heaven on earth, and no one wanted to leave. It's like sometimes when we're in the presence of God, we gathered as the people because the people is church. Buildings, not church, people is church. And when we're with the church, it was like, oh, it was a taste of heaven. I don't want to leave. Oh, that feeling went more than a feeling that became a habit. And so for some years, they didn't leave Jerusalem. Not even Judea. Remember, Jesus said until. The until it happened, and they still stuck around for some years. All right? So even when the enemy who was trying to squash kill off the believers, thought that he was getting the upper hand, <laughs> Jesus said, I will build my church. What does he do? He takes what the enemy meant for harm and evil, and he turns it around, and he causes an explosion of growth in the church. Oh my goodness. This is the beginning of chapter 8. It's like a great persecution erupted and came upon the people of God on the church because there was other guy, Stephen, who got stoned. Literal stones. And he got killed. And that emboldened, emboldened Saul and the rest of the gang to go after the believers. So now the believers get scattered. And when they scatter, they start gospelizing, sharing the good news of the word. And Phil, he, he wasn't a doctor. He was just Phil. <laughs> Phil goes and he's, he's, he goes to Samaria because they couldn't stick around Jerusalem. You know, and Judea was a bit like pff, taken. He's in Samaria, Samaria. Okay? The very place where Jesus had prophesied, when the Spirit is on you, you will go here. This is super, super important. Because I'm gonna come back to something just now, if somebody can stop that clock. Oh, <laughs> well, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Sorry, just, just messing with some of you religious people. Okay, so the thing about Samaria is Samaria the Samaritans, remember the parable of the good Samaritan? The Jews hated the Samaritans. Why? Because they were a mixed race. They were a mix between Hebrews and the Philistine and other nations that were in Canaan. And God had said through Mo and then further through Joshua, do not intermarry with these tribes. Why? Because they serve false gods. They've got demonic worship going on and they will entice you to go after their gods. But they backslid and they did it anyway. So then you get this group called the Samaritans who are half Jews and half pagans. I don't know if it was the left side, the right side. I'm not, I, but they were half, half. Okay, that's, that's a mixture. Okay. And so here, as Phil goes to Samaria, it's a place that in a sense was something, somewhat under the judgment of God. Because God says, do not do that. They've got got one foot Hebrew and one foot pagan. Yeah? Remember, we touched this last week. If you don't, then it means that you weren't here last week and then you didn't get offended and that's why you're here today. (laughs) Can't be this mixture of God, Hebrew, and pagan. So this was the whole thing, and I'll just have to fast forward. You can go and read chapter eight. But this is a guy called Simon who was a sorcerer. Okay, what does that mean? That means he was accessing demonic powers, false deity, spirits from the devil. Empowered by fallen angels, that's demons. All right, and so he was amazing everyone with his sorcery, like tuning in. So when people go and consult mediums, or you know you go to the the fair, whatever it is, I don't know. If we have fairs in this country, but. You know, you've seen it in the movies, and there's this woman, like, look into the crystal ball, you know, or do a seance, and let's call up Uncle Harry (laughs) and see what Uncle Harry's got to say, okay? You think you're talking to Uncle Harry. It's not. It's a demon pretending to be Uncle Harry. The Bible's really clear that when you die, your spirit doesn't hang around and hover around. Okay. Uncle Harry, he's gone. He's, 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 he's not It's demons that are pretending. So, you know, having to slaughter a goat because of the ancestors no, no, it's not ancestors. Those are demons. Okay. So it's this kind of like you, you can't do the Samaritan thing like, I believe in Jesus, but I'm also going to do a goat. You can't, can't do that. That's a mixture. And so Simon, <laughs> Simon is operating in Samaria. And he's dazzling the people because he's leaning on, shall we say, the dark side. But then he sees what Philip is doing and Philip is doing what Jesus did, which is tell people the good news, tell them about the kingdom of God, and then... Kick out the demons. In other words, get everybody. Don't have half-half. You with me? All right. And so, so Simon, who was pretty much on this side, he sees that side and he says, I want to change sides. I want to identify more with that side of the family, the Hebrew side, the God who is God. But before we give Simon a hard time, who was dazzled and amazed? The people who were embracing both. If I had another five Sundays, I might have spoken again about this crazy mixture we have on the continent where we've got people who think it's church, but actually they're operating with demonic powers. And it's a mixture. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is here to give us discernment. We cut that thing off. Are we firmly in this camp? All right. We need to be praying into this, prophesying into this, because our nation is caught in the grip of the struggle. Yeah? I mean, we used to have a constitution that was, I, I, I get it, the country certainly did not live up to in God we trust. There's, there's impossible for you to look back at our history, even though it was said in God we trust, but the foot traffic, mm-mm. So we're clear on that. But now our constitution is like, well, we're not going to say in God we trust. So anything goes. And we know that some of our politicians take breaks to go and do goats and all kinds of things because they want more power. We know this. Okay. And we want to pray for our nation that we move away from this leg and we come to this leg. Does this make sense, yeah? But the Samaritans themselves were willing to be amazed and dazzled. And our nation is willing to be amazed and dazzled. Oopsie. So we need to make sure that we're, we're not kind of like, well, I believe in Jesus, but I'm also going to sort out something for my culture. I believe in Jesus, but it's okay for a fat man in a red suit. Or a tooth fairy. You, you, you're tracking with me. I'm standing on everyone's toes. And you've got three months to work through your forgiveness. And then I'll come back. Some of you kinda of like Okay. Holy Spirit will show you. Come on, it's it's choose. This this Samaritan dabbling. It's not on. So Simon he sees what Philip is doing and their signs and wonders and is absolutely amazing. And he says, yes, I want that. And he gets water baptized. And he says, <laughs> Woo! I'm in here. Then, has the crazy thing. Peter and John hear about it, and they reckon there's revival in Samaria. We're off to go and be part of that. And they get there, and they discover these guys have only been baptized in water kind of, whoa, hang on, what about Holy Spirit? And Phil says, oh, I missed that one, man. I knew something was missing. So, Peter and John, uh, here's the absolute transformation, because John and his brother James called the sons of thunder. They'd been saying to Jesus when Jesus was still walking on the earth, they said, Jesus, these Samaritans aren't receiving the good news. Is it right if we have a big bride? Call down fire, and we just toast these people. Kill the Samaritans. Jesus said, whoa, boys. You don't know what spirit you're at. Why? Because there was going to come a day when Jesus was going to prophesy. And it said, when the spirit comes on you, you will be empowered. Jerusalem, Judea. And these guys, you're trying to call down fire. I've got love for them, and I've got forgiveness for them, and I've got a place for them in the kingdom. And one day I'm going to send you guys to bring a different kind of fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. So the fire of Pentecost now comes to the people in Samaria. Not the fire of judgment, but the fire of purification and empowering to live a life in the spirit. And so those previously who would have come under judgment because of this mixture, God's saying, I'm intentionally going to reach out to these people and restore them. This is amazing. And so John, with Peter, radical change and transformation is like, Oh Well, let's pray for these guys. In fact, these ones we hated so much. We're not just going to pray for a sovereign outpouring of the Spirit. We're going to touch these people that we used to hate. We're going to touch them and lay hands on them. We're coming close to these ones we previously had rejected and hated. We're bringing them close. We're laying hands on them. That's the power of the Spirit to change and transform someone who was a hater of the Samaritans now into a love carrier to the Samaritans. See, when the Holy Spirit is doing stuff in our lives, He causes us to live differently. I mean, that was the whole thing that Ezekiel prophesied. He said, listen, there's coming a day I'm going to take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh I'll put a new spirit within you, and I will move you to walk in my ways. I mean, that's kind of like we we talk about being in step with the spirit, walking with the spirit. He's causing us and moving us to live the God life. Not because it's external rules and regulations, but there's something on the inside moving us, shaping us, molding us to be more like him. Because he's actually living on the inside. By the Spirit. Yeah? Now. About 16 months ago, on the day of Pentecost, I started this series. And I have only a couple of minutes. Because I'm already in negative territory looking at the clock. I made a statement back then which I know was jolting. And sometimes I do things to shock you so that you stop and think. I said the Holy Spirit was poured out for much more than just we could have tongues. Some of you are kind of like, gosh, you've been around a long time. Thank you. It's much more than praying in tongues. There's an empowering and a causing us to live in a different way. And this passage here intrigues me in chapter 8. No end. Because here you've got this guy, Simon, who was dabbling in the dark side. He sees Philip, there's healings, there's miracles. There's demons being cast out. He says, I want in on this thing. He says, cool. And he's following Phil around. It's wonderful. But It's only when Peter and John come, and they say, hey, let's pray for the baptism and the Holy Spirit. And something happens. And Simon says, you? Something like that. He says, I want that. He'd seen the healings and the miracles with Phil. What was so different about the power of the Holy Spirit that this guy who previously had been known as the great power of God, he doesn't offer money For the power to heal. But he offers money, and I know there's a whole thing about what went on in his heart and whatever. We come back in six months' time and we'll try and get there. But my point is, even though he is wrong and messed up and all the rest of it, he saw something because of the baptism in the Holy Spirit that was way different from what had happened, these guys just praying for healing. Amen. What did he see? It's got to be way more than chandelier, chandelier. And I think that the Lord is stirring our hearts to go for them much more. Lord, we don't know Why and what? There was this huge upgrade that Simon could see something. Not just he could feel something, he could see something. He says, grant me this ability that when I lay my hands, because there's a flow of power and something changes at the nth degree, I want that. That was so much of an upgrade beyond just praying for healing. Now, I say just praying for healing. Goodness gracious me. We still got so much to learn in the area of healing. I'm really grateful for Chuck, who's coming back next week, and he was lost with us in 2014. Can you believe it's been that long? So I'm so grateful and um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be wild. It's just, it's going to be wild. So, the stepping into more of the Holy Spirit was so different and other that caused this response from Simon. It's like, I need in on this thing. And how about we posture our hearts? And we say, Lord, this thing which is a little bit of a mystery in chapter 8. We don't fully understand, but we want. This upgrade, this this thing that is such a, a next level. That's what we're after. So that we're walking in this next level. It's such a radical it's going to blow people's minds. And we might have a few people that have inappropriate responses, kind of like, hey, how much do I pay for this thing? I mean, we already know all the other, the reverse inappropriate responses, which is, hey, if you want me to pray for you, give me money. Oi, 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 oi. Did you think that you could get this with money? May your money perish with you. Did you think, Mr. Minister, that you could manipulate people for money so they can receive the free gift of God as you charge them money? He's coming to cleanse the church. He's coming to sort out the Samaria nonsense that's in our nation and in our church. Not this church I'm talking. He's coming to sort out the mixture. You can't have worshiping mammon. And worshiping the living God, and abuse the people of God for more mammon by using the power of God, which should be a free gift, but you enriching yourself. We're living. exciting times exciting times don't always look the way we think ask Ananias and Sapphira who abused finances in the context of the body We want the power of God and we want this next level. But there's some things we've got to do to clean up our act. We can't be the kind of people who will halt between two opinions. I'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We need to be a people. It's kind of like, all right, come Holy Spirit in your fullness. We don't know exactly what this other is that you have for us but we just know it's going to knock our socks off come let's stand sorry ended with a bit of a strong note there but you got three months to shake it off and figure it out yeah come on we want more of God we know that the church is is going to grow and mature and develop and rise up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. We know all these things and 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 we 're excited about these things, but there 's also got to be something of a shifting and a change, just like there was in the first few verses of chapter eight, where there was so much chaos and shaking that thrust the church into the next level and if there's a whole lot of shaking which I think there probably is going to be and I'll hopefully talk a little bit when we get together that Wednesday night on the 27th some of the things prophetically I think that are coming that we need to get ready for but there's shaking and all kinds of alliances that are happening on the planet at a rate of knots I mean I didn't even know about this collection of seventy seven countries that were meeting weekend in Cuba. It's like the countries of the South. And they're basically saying we want a new world order. I didn't even I, I mean I knew the G twenty were doing stuff and of course we know BRICS and all the other additions. What an exciting time to be alive. But in all of this, there's shakings and there's rumblings. And a lot of people are going to be rattled. Do not think for one moment the devil is winning. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. God always has the final say. And he always causes the church to go from glory to glory to glory. So we want to position our hearts, say, Lord, this next level, Holy Spirit moving, because Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is going to be moving in our hearts and, and in our families and in the city and in this nation. And there's going to be some acceleration. Do not dismay. Look for what he's doing. And let's jump in with what he's doing. Holy Spirit. You are God. You're in complete unity with the Father. And the Son. And if. The son, Jesus, is building his church. And Holy Spirit, you're also building the church. And we open up our hearts and our minds that you would build our lives, living stones. Build us. Grow us. Cause us to mature. Even with the shakings and all the stuff that's going on, cause us, Lord, to be strengthened in you. Cause us, as we gather as your people, To strengthen and encourage one another. All the more so. As we see by faith the day of the Lord appearing. Look to the Lamb. See the one who's glorified. The one who paid the price. Look to Him. He will lead, he will guide, he will provide. And he who began a good work in us will work it through to completion. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.